Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet. Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy to digest manner and apply them into your daily life. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing all things fiber and why we consider it to be the fourth macro. But first, if you are a returning listener, you know the deal. We'll keep it short and sweet. Leave us a review. This is free content. We are giving you guys as much info as we can. And even on our discovery calls with new potential clients, everyone says they're coming from this podcast. They're listening to the podcast. So I know you guys are getting value from it. I know you're utilizing it. If you are one of those people and you have not yet left a review, this is the one simple ask. Leave a quick review. Five stars, a blurb if you'd like. New listeners, if you enjoy this episode, obviously go back and listen to the previous ones and same deal. If you find yourself listening to a few, you're getting value, you're using something from these episodes, leave us a review. That's the payment. Everything else is free. But diving right in. Fiber is probably one of the least uh, tracked things for clients coming to us. One of the least. It's one of those things people. Yeah, people come in and start working with us and they're like, oh, I had no idea I should be paying attention to my fiber intake. And it's one of those things that also makes a huge difference in how you feel, digestion just the food choices that you end up making. So we're going to dive into fiber, get down to the nitty gritty of why it's important, how we have our clients focus on it, how you can focus on it, what foods have high fiber. We'll go through it all. So this is a big part of the sad American diet, the standard American diet around the world. It's not uncommon to see cultures consuming 50 to 100 grams of fiber per day. In America, it is not uncommon for a person to be consuming less than 10 grams of fiber per day. And that is because our diets in general are very refined, they're very processed, they're very full of shit. Uh, We're not eating whole foods, we're not prioritizing whole foods for the most part. When I say we, I'm talking about the majority. Those of you listening to this podcast, hopefully you've already started doing some of these things so you don't fall into this category. But we do have to stay aware because even if you are quote unquote aware, Your numbers may still be falling very low. So when we're consuming all these processed foods, and this is something I noticed even, you know, packing Kai's snack the other day, we pick things that we think look a little bit better when we're going to Costco or stop and shop, you know, granola balls or like nature Valley bars with a ton of of whole grains, just because you see whole grains and 100% whole grains on a package and on your cereal box does not mean that that's not a, a processed food. So I almost threw up the other day when I saw that what I was packing for the majority of the week uh, was like 17 grams of added sugar in one snack. There was like four grams in the granola ball, granola balls, which wasn't terrible. And then the Nature Valley bar was like 12, 13, 14, something stupid. So every single day for a snack, not even a real meal, 17 grams of added sugar for no reason. So. And to be clear, we're not like anti-sugar, but if we can control... No, we are not anti-sugar. I'm anti-added sugar in non-moderation if right. you are not that, paying attention can to you it let me finish my sentence before well, you interrupt I don't like me these blanket statements we we're not anti-sugar we are primarily focusing on what we can add in that is whole foods and 
you're right for one snack for him and if it's something that he's having every single day and it has 17 grams of added sugar in his snack at school that's not really something that we define as the best choice that we can be giving him so and i will clarify the reason i am taking a firmer stance in on this subtopic is just because it, we've gotten too lenient with it and again i talked about this i don't know a couple weeks ago but people make excuses I don't know if it's for their clients or they're just looking for views on social media, but just accepting that this is fine and you can get by eating all the processed shit and still feel good. You can't, unless you are eating primarily whole foods and nutrient dense foods, there's a reason that your gut doesn't feel right, that your energy levels are low, that you're not sleeping well, that you know you think you have IBS. It's what you're putting in your body. And until we reshape that, some people can't even go through the concept of moderation. Like if you have a little bit, you want more of it. Until you get to that more disciplined stance and you actually let your body to adapt where you're actually craving these whole foods and things like fruit and carrots and bell peppers and all these delicious natural things start tasting like candy, the moment you have fill in the blank, you want more of that. And then you're, that's gonna be a staple for you every single day for the rest of that week until you finish the box or the package of, of whatever. So in moderation, obviously everything's fine. We have s'mores with Kai, we do ice cream, we do this and that, but it's not an every meal or an everyday occurrence. These are special things that we utilize and it's not because we wanna be sugar Nazis, but it's because I want him to be healthy. I want him to be happy. And I've dealt with gut issues for my entire adult life. I finally climbed out of that by coming to this realization and I'm going to make sure my son grows up feeling a lot better than I did. Yeah. So why don't you, I mean, you're the king of the gut issues, I would say. And for those who have listened to other episodes, you probably know Josh's history a little bit as far as he's had Barrett's esophagus and just a lot of different types of gut issues. But you really started to notice a big difference I would say like it was the turning point when you started focusing on your fiber and your whole food intake true or false yeah I finished the book eat yourself healthy by Dr. Megan Rossi um, a fantastic book for those of you who would like to get uh, a little more background on why fiber is a super nutrient um, what it does <clears throat> within the body it's not just improving digestion guys this is something that feeds your gut microbiota. Fiber is a prebiotic. So probiotics are the actual you know, bacteria that you're taking or you're consuming or whatever to put into your body. That's the probiotic, it's the bacteria. The prebiotic is the fiber, which is the fuel for your probiotics, your gut microbiome, the bacteria that's living in there. So if you're putting probiotics into your body or just fueling, you know, or not fueling the ones that are already there, those die off. So if we are not, not only consuming fiber in general, but being diverse with that fiber, different species of gut microbiota, which all have different superpowers within your body, are dying off and you're not reaping those benefits. So let's talk about, let's say somebody wants to start paying attention to their fiber intake. What would you say is step one as far as how they improve this? Uh, just like you would be tracking calories or macros or wherever you are at this stage of your life, start tracking it. Don't start trying to ramp it up right away because we have to go low and slow. So week one, just track and see where you're coming in at. And if you see a number like seven <laughs> and you're in single digits, don't think, oh my gosh, I've got to ramp this up to 20 or 30 by next week because you will be insanely uncomfortable. It will still, you will have worse digestive issues. It'll get worse. Your, the gas will be insane. <clears throat> it's going to produce so much gas trying to 
ramp it up that quickly that you will just you'll stop and you won't come back to this concept so low and slow increase an average of uh of 10 grams per day per week so if you're at seven maybe aim for 15 to 17 for next week and then 27 for the following week and 37 for the following week if you start to notice some additional upset slow it down maybe maintain where you were at for the next week keep it at 17 for the following week and then ramp it up to 27. Um, but that will give your body time to adapt to that and start utilizing that fiber rather than just knocking you the fuck out. So awareness is obviously key with fiber and figuring out where you're at right now. And that is one of the reasons why we really love tracking macros and paying attention to your fiber intake. So that I know that for the My Macros Plus app, you can easily see what your fiber is per meal. Um, so I'm not sure, I'm sure there's somewhere in my fitness pal that shows it, but I like how you can set it like to show where like my macros for each meal, it'll show me protein, carb, fat, and fiber. And it's really beneficial for me to see it when I'm tracking like that, because it reminds me, oh, this meal did not have great fiber. I need to make sure I focus on that for my next one. But step number one, figure out where you're at tracking macros, tracking your intake is the best way to do that. Cause especially if you're somebody who just has no idea, you know, what, what you're consuming or what types of foods that you're consuming, or if they even have fiber in them outside of like the package says high in fiber, then this is something that you need to do even for a short term to just see what's going on. Cause you can't get better at something if you have no idea what's happening. So you've tracked your first week. Now you're working on prioritizing, increasing that number. So where do you go? Are you looking for those whole grain granola bars? Ideally, no. You're looking for these whole foods. So obviously fruits and veggies, um, lentils, whole grains, like actual whole grains, quinoa, rice. What I'm going to do for you listeners, this is exclusive to you guys. Our clients get this, but I will... Give it to you as a little freebie, as a thank you for being here. Um, you're going to get the fiber cheat sheet for free. So I will link it in the show notes. There'll be a link. You put your email in and I will send you the fiber cheat sheet. It will break down the highest fiber foods that are going to make you feel your best and are easy to implement no matter what you're eating. And if you have not left the review, before you click the download button, <laughs> you better click the five stars. This is the honor policy. Don't be a terrible person. Click the five stars and then click the download if you haven't already. If you have, we appreciate you. We love you. So going back to that, um, increasing it via whole foods. So just you know, let's take it a step back further. When we're talking about increasing fiber, we're also discussing increasing fiber diversity. So we're going to talk about implementing uh, whole grains, lentils, fruits, veggies, like we just talked about. But a very simple way to do this, and even if you're not tracking fiber, but I don't want to do, tie this in a knot because if you're not tracking fiber, I want you to start just to see where your baseline is and get your number up to where it needs to be. But even if you weren't tracking fiber, if you just counted the number of different plants you consumed every week, that'll give us a great baseline. And again, this number is usually single digits for new clients, literally less than 10. Um, it's However, super... we have talked about this before and every time I talk about this regularly on social media, people are very confused about what a plant is. they When they think of plants, they think fruits and vegetables. But give us some maybe out-of-the-box examples of what someone may not realize is a plant. Anything that grows from the ground is a plant. That's all, If you're talking about whole foods, 
essentially everything that's not meat, if it grew from the ground, it's a plant. Nuts, lentils, legumes, everything we just talked about. Whole seeds. Grains, seeds. The whole deal. If it came from dirt, it is a plant and you can count that towards it. There's probably some bit of fiber in, in wherever that came from. So talking about fiber diversity, we're talking about plant diversity. How many different plants are you consuming? So not how many different servings, not if you ate tomatoes five days this week, that's not plus five. It's plus one. You had a tomato. Different plants you ate throughout the entire week. So single digits is probably where you're coming in at if you're not already focused on this or doing fantastic with your consumption and your diet overall. Ideally, we want you at 30. 30 different plants per week. 30 different plants per week. But again, if you make a salad, you can literally have seven different plants on that salad. And then, you know, that's three different types of greens and peppers and onions and uh, carrots and maybe you sprinkle some sunflower seeds on top without even trying. It's a quick and easy seven. Like, no, no issue there. From that point, what else are you doing? Are you trying different things at the store? So one practice we utilize with our clients is not literally, but run through the produce aisle with your eyes closed and grab different things off the shelves, things you haven't tried before, things that look weird and interesting and look it up. How do I cook this? What do I add this to? Make it fun. You know, make cooking fun again. Um, little things like that, little practices like that add up and they go a long way. So within the first month, within the first two months, if you do this, you take it low and slow, but you continue increasing your fiber overall and that fiber diversity, you are awakening those superpowers I mentioned before in regards to your gut microbiota. These things will literally produce uh, hormones, they'll produce vitamins, they'll do these things that fill the gaps in regards to the reason that you don't feel great or you're not sleeping well, you're not recovering well, you're not feeling strong enough, bringing your hormone levels back to where they need to be. It is so much, so much further, it goes so far beyond just digestion in regards to what the miracle of that of the good bacteria in your gut, what that does for your body. A huge mistake so many people make when it comes to fiber intake, and I used to do this too, I'm so guilty, is I would have, remember when we would have the cookie dough quest bars? Mm -hmm. I would have two of those every day. And one bar I think has like 20 or 20 something grams of fiber in it. And I would have two of those a day and I'd be like, okay, I hit my fiber. Those, first of all, will wreck your stomach um, just throwing that out there. And then, you know, we've had clients come in over the years too, who will do something similar with whether it's protein bars or those like smart, sweet gummies, or, you know, there's so many different things out there that will catch your eye at the store and it will say high in fiber and it will have like 20 something grams of fiber and you'll eat it and you will immediately. wraps are 25 grams of fiber each. But if you have three tacos, it's fucking 75 grams of fiber. They will hurt your stomach and it's not the best way to get to go about getting your fiber in. So yes, fiber intake is important. Don't view it as just a number. Just like how we've talked about when it comes to tracking your macros, it's not just about the numbers. It's about how you're filling those macros up and your food quality. So fiber diversity, super important. Something very, I want you guys to be very mindful of because again, I would say fiber alone is something people are not paying attention to, but fiber diversity and getting in, getting it in the right way is like the next level of people just have no idea that this is a thing. That being said, if you are coming in super low and even if you're not, it can still be beneficial to take, um, what is that? Metamucil, a psyllium husk, uh, Akiasa, Aki, 
I forget the other one. Akas, Akiasa powder. I keep wanting to say acai, but it's like Akiasa. I never heard of that Akiasia one. powder. Anyway, throw it into a shake, anything like that. It's That can still be beneficial. It'll, you'll still reap the benefits, but that should not be the sole source of your fiber. So when we t- started off talking about this, it wasn't, let's just get your fiber up. It was, how are we getting it up? It's through those whole foods. It's through plant diversity. So that is where the key really comes in. Because on top of the fiber, you're getting in a ton of other micronutrients to fill those deficiencies. And every different color, every different plant you're consuming is going to have a different breakdown of micronutrients so we can help fill in the gaps for those deficiencies that we probably have if we are not very fiber conscious right now. I'm glad you brought up the fiber supplement because that's that's sort of our stance on every supplement, you guys, right? So yes, supplements can help you in getting to your end goal, whatever that is, whether it's hitting your protein macro, having a fiber supplement, um, you know, there's obviously so many different kinds of supplements out there, but that should not replace, like for example, a green supplement should not replace all of the fruits and veggies that you eat every day. And you, you can't just drink that in the morning for breakfast and say, oh, okay, I'm good. I don't need to eat any fruits and, fruits and veggies. That's not how supplements are meant to work. So like Josh said, don't go out and run to the store and grab Metamucil and think you're good. Like you should still be focusing on improving your food quality if you want to feel good all around. Uh, the greens you can throw right in your morning, morning smoothie. Um, and it's kind of fun to do. If you guys have ever heard of broccoli sprouts, they are like the highest composition of sulforaphane, which if there was a top of the food chain, top of the food chain, superfood, super nutrient, sulforaphane might be right there. If, I'm not going to go into That could be its own episode. Maybe it will be. Um, you're talking insane properties researched as potential fighters of cancer, anti-tumor, the whole deal. So throw that into your, uh, into your smoothie for your greens, little side tangent. But we've discussed, you know, what fiber is, where to get it from, you know, what theoretically it's doing with your gut microbiome, but just for a little anecdotal perspective, so you guys can kind of hear a little bit about what it's done for me. At my worst, I felt like I was having a heart attack every single day. My gut was absolutely destroyed. Um, You know, Barrett's esophagus was, I would say, a symptom of the ailment. You know, it just happened because of everything that was going wrong in my gut. Um, you know, growing up, my parents were obviously great and they, they did a lot of uh, good things for us in regards to diet. But I also hit a phase when I got into bodybuilding and, you know, fitness overall where I was taking everything under the sun. If there was a chance that, that it was going to make me bigger, stronger, leaner, I was taking it. Um, so on top of that, I was also drinking like a, not like an alcoholic, I was, I was an alcoholic. So an insane amount of alcohol, an insane amount of supplements um, through the end of high school into college before my body just shut down. Um, So literally, when I say feeling like I was having a heart attack, that vagus nerve spasming felt like a heart attack every single day for about a year and a half to the point where I had severe anxiety, didn't want to leave, never wanted to be alone, um, just worried about these these symptoms flaring up and what was going to happen. What if I passed out? What if I did have a heart attack? So... Uh, my all time low, um, that was, was where I was at. And, you know, doctors were saying, you know, you're not going to heal from this. The, the point is to make sure you don't get cancer. So we're just going to throw you on some PPIs, which continues to destroy your fucking gut and potentially, uh, for those of us who already had low stomach acid and that wasn't the issue, you're just creating these things like SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, um, malabsorption of vitamins, especially vitamin B. 
Uh, so just energy levels, everything sucked. So I was told this is, this is life now, very depressed. And I got to a point where I just, I couldn't accept that. Uh, I did not think I was going to be alive at 25. And this was when I was 22. So it should have been my prime. My parents always thought I was joking, but I was, I was not, I was serious as you could be. So that was my low. I started diving into what can I do? This is where I kind of discovered, discovered fiber. Um, like, well, <laughs> can't get worse than this. So diving into fiber diversity, diving into plant diversity. And again, when I said within a month, within a couple months, things start to change. Like I finally noticed a difference. Um, this journey has lasted a decade to the point where today, like within the last few months, I would say, I feel like a normal person again. Um, but starting this eight years ago, still feeling like shit. But I noticed that was the first time in a very long time that I had noticed any progress whatsoever um, in regards to living a somewhat normal life. So plant diversity, fiber, whatever path you want to, whatever tangent you want to take this down, save my life, brought me back. And for me, just to share my side, I never struggled with digestive issues. You know, I've had a pretty, I like to say, my dad, I have my dad's stomach. We can just kind of eat whatever and we're, we're okay. Um, but during pregnancy, your digestive system gets pretty messed up because hormones are shifting Obviously, as your belly grows, things are just, you know, all crammed and crushed in there. And this time compared to being pregnant with Kai, where with when I was pregnant with Kai, especially in the first trimester, you know, my digestive system was just off, so off. And it was because I was not eating a lot of my normal foods. Fiber intake was probably very low. I was eating a lot of like pastas and cheese and just like, you know, your typical pregnancy cravings type stuff. This time around, I really kept my same diet throughout the entire first trimester. There were days, of course, where I did, you know, lean into more of those higher carb-based foods, but I still hit my fiber, I would say, most days. And it made an immense difference in how I felt digestive-wise, how I felt energy-wise. I was able to, you know, continue working out much more consistently this go around. Um, and even now, like everything is, is status quo and I feel, I feel really good. So I think that has been a big part of me feeling this way, obviously <clears throat> amongst other things too, but I think that was really just the big key in, you know, helping me feel as quote unquote normal and as good as I can possibly feel throughout pregnancy so far. And we've talked a lot about, you know, the benefits for us, what it's doing for us, why we need to implement whole foods, fiber diversity, yada, yada. But we've gotten to this point based on how we've lived our lives to this point. So we've had extremely low fiber intake, most of us, for most of our lives. We consume a lot of highly processed foods. I brought up, you know, our, our kind of take with, uh, with Kai on this and kind of making sure we're not stuffing him with processed sugars and utilizing whole foods as often as possible. But if we go to the concept of, oh, you know, they eat all their dessert, they eat all their, their dinner, they get roided with dessert, they get ice cream, they get a popsicle, they get whatever. It's not the popsicle and it's not the ice cream and it's not the fill in the blank, whatever it is that you're celebrating a good meal with your kids with. It's the ritual, like anything else. They're enjoying the excitement around what that is. So 
if we kind of process that and understand, and we had this conversation with our parents, like stop rewarding him with food. Like he doesn't, every time you see him and you see him quite a bit, he doesn't need to be eating all this shit. Like go somewhere nice if you want to have a quality nutrient dense meal. Don't go find lollipops and ice cream and X, Y, and Z after every time he goes to see you. And I understand he's excited to see you and it's, oh, let me give you everything that you want. But he's just excited to see you. He's excited about what you're doing together. He's excited about being together. So if you can kind of remove the food elements of that, of, oh, let's have some ice cream, let's have this or that. And again, once in a while, no big deal. Once a week, Friday nights, more than that, whatever. Not going to dive into the specifics right now. What I'm saying is you can make other things fun. And taking the concept of building in whole foods in these tastier settings and making the meal an enjoyable process, literally making the meal, we started doing little things like there's that raspberry sorbet, Mm -hmm. um, literally melting dark chocolate on any frozen fruit is fucking awesome. We, We did this for like three weeks straight, just melting dark chocolate crushing up some peanuts, throwing on a banana. We'd had that at Disney and, you know, made that the healthy version here. Honestly, my go-to is Cool Whip. Like the, you can get the True, I think it's called True Whip or True something. Um, It's a little bit better for you, but Cool Whip, raspberries, some type of berry or fruit with some, um, the chocolate chips that we just got from Who Kitchen are really good. And they're like, I forget what the percentage is, but they're a pretty high percentage of, um, dark chocolate and they're just throw a few of those in there that has been so satisfying for me to have after dinner if I need something sweet so again it doesn't need to be the Ben and Jerry's I love my Ben and Jerry's I love my ice cream in general um, but you can still be satisfied and get excited about the healthier alternative too and then I don't even know where I discovered it. I think one of those healthy cookbooks I got to to do this, to actually dive into what I'm talking about and make healthy food fun and enjoyable and making it and eating it. Um, so taking that a step further, mixed frozen berries, throw that in a little pot, just a splash of water, a little bit of honey, drizzle it on top, and then some cinnamon. Let that sizzle for a few, let that simmer in the pot. It literally tastes like the inside of a pie. So I've been putting that on top of the Cool Whip and it's like, it's not even like, oh, I wish I had something else. Like that is the ultimate dessert for me right now. That's that's what I've been diving into. But back to the dark chocolate. Oh, how come you can have dark chocolate? Isn't chocolate bad? Dark chocolate is loaded with fiber, like a ton of fiber. So when you have like going back to fruits as well, this is why fruits, oh, I can't have fruits. There's so much sugar in fruits. That's bullshit. There are so many vitamins and there's so much fiber within those that you're not spiking your insulin levels with all that sugar it's actually taking longer to digest and to absorb. So Chocolate is a plant, technically. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that can count towards your plant intake for the week as well, depending on, you know, obviously get, try to get the higher percentage of cacao or whatever, right? And for those of you who want to argue that a sugar cane is a plant as well, just stop it. <laughs> You're just missing the forest for the trees. But... No, I mean, hopefully you guys at least got some solid takeaways about fiber from this. And again, I will put that free cheat sheet for you guys linked in the description. Um, I'll email that over if you drop your email. But this is one of those things that is highly important to start paying attention to, especially if you're somebody who struggles digestive wise, has gut issues, you know, or just you just don't feel as good as you know you you can or maybe you don't realize you can feel even better than you think you can so the root of our issues in any field 
is awareness. If we're not aware of something, we can't make the change that we need to. So what we do a lot on this podcast is highlight different areas, bring awareness to them so you can focus on those within your life. These are not things to stress over. These are not things to be obsessed about. It's just to be aware. Keep an eye on these different areas and fine tune as needed. But we're going to wrap it up here. Where can they find you? I'm at Alessandra Skutnik. I'm at Josh Skutnik. Everything else is linked in the show notes below.